We are back. This is the first, technically second episode of mm. Not Another Fitness Podcast of 2023. Uh, we did record an episode a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? Um, Gotta sack the sound, man. Yeah, but I didn't double check the sound first, so we set it up, recorded it. Wasted loads of time. Not wasted loads of time, because we actually had a good chat, didn't we? But, um you can't hear it because one of the mic wasn't plugged in properly, so the sound was just like, like a robot, basically. I'm not even going to try and do an impression, but yeah. So we're back now, we're going to record this episode, and hopefully, um, I'm not going to make any empty promises, but we're going to try and be a bit more consistent and do a few more episodes on the podcast as often as we can and when we get the chance. But yeah. We try. So it is still January, and I want to start by talking about um where most of you are starting this January, whether you've started New Year's resolutions, whether you kind of you might have already sacked them off by now, um, because it is nearly the end of January. Um, or you might be going strong with them, you might be doing right really well, you might be struggling with some progress. Um, so we're just gonna cover a few things that hopefully is gonna help you a lot. Um, based on what I've been talking to with clients over the last few weeks and yeah, some things that have come up for black problems for them. So the first thing is is this whole new year, new me kind of complex. Is it not a complex saying that everybody says, um, which I don't particularly agree with because I think actually it's the same old you, it's just a new year. And I don't think you should change for the fact that there's a change in date and there's a change in calendar. I think you should change for real actual reasons that you basically give a shit about. Um, and if you do give a shit about those reasons, you'll you'll make the changes necessary to achieve whatever the goals are that you've set up for yourself. If you just change because it's New Year, then, yeah, it's not, it's not going to happen. What if you've got something big coming up this year? Then? Yeah, so, again, that is a big reason. So, we again, we spoke about this before, but you didn't hear it. You can't so. keep saying that because you haven't heard any of it. I feel like I'm repeating myself, but I'm not because you haven't before. already heard it, so I'll stop saying that. Um, so, when you're looking at, like, kind of, the first thing you need to do is obviously sit down and probably set some goals. Um, these can be as big as you like to start with. And then we kind of, what I would do with clients is break them down into actionable steps and targets to get towards closer to that goal. So for example, like you're saying, big events might be a holiday or a wedding is usually a good one. Big birthdays, don't we? Big like... birthdays. You're 30 this year, aren't you? That's not a big birthday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so something like that. Isn't yeah, 30 is like a big one after 21, 30 is like the biggest one. Yeah. Still in your prime. Um, but yeah, so any kind of big event or maybe kind of like big life event, whatever it is, that's kind of something to um, pull. So when we think about um, goal setting, we usually have like a, a pull. So something, what I mean by a pull is something that pulls you towards it, that you're aiming for. Does it pull, does it? <laughs> Good on. Good on. I'm trying to explain this, but I'm overcomplicating it. So something that pulls you towards it, like a birthday or a holiday. And then we also a have... A desire, a want to do Yeah, so let's say that's your goal. What we also have is a push. So the things that push you away from where you currently are at and you don't want to be. So for example, if that is, I'm unhappy with the way that I look in the mirror, or I'm unhappy with this current weight that I am, that's a push to get you away from that because you don't want to be that anymore. Does that make sense? So in combination, we have something that pushes you, something that pulls you, and then those both together is going to drive you towards whatever the goal is, only if you make actionable steps. 
I agree with this, you know. <laughs> so if you think about the kind of the push thing as like a pain point, really? No, 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 no. We're not getting into these pain points. I've, yeah, we. Know, I think there, we there is a, a small or big pain point in there. Last time, or whenever we talk about this, because I don't think you need to be in pain to make a change. I think sometimes you can just want to make a change. So, for example, I love the car I've got. There's nothing wrong with it. I might just want a different car or a new car. There's no pain. I love my car. It's dead nice. Might want sloppy. He thinks you've got to be in pain. You've got to hate your car to get a new one. <laughs> and I disagree. Well, that isn't the context I was talking about in terms of a car. But in terms of like fitness goals and what I do with clients, usually people want to change because there's a little there's a pain point there. In my experience, that I might be wrong. I could be wrong. He is wrong. Um, <laughs> but when I say pain, I don't mean like it doesn't have to be something massive. Like you're severely depressed and you want to change. It might be a pain point of like you're just sick of putting your clothes on and feeling a bit tight, and that's a small pain point for you. And you want to get back into the size that you were a year, twelve months ago. Well, if you don't mind the size, you are. Then it's not a pain point, is it? Then I know, you're not, you but won't you be might worried. Just want, I don't know, yeah, but then the, if that wasn't the pain point, what I'm saying is there would be a different pain point. It doesn't have to be a pain point. I disagree with well, this because I disagree with you. if 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 you're not uncomfortable with where you're currently at, there's no really reason that you yeah, change. Some people don't it? need to be uncomfortable to change, do they? They just want to mix no, you might have goals and set outcomes and, and you might have a desire to have or achieve something. But if you have them, I would say it's a small argument. Maybe you've seen someone else who's achieved it and you want it. But and I'm not saying you're unhappy with the situation you're in, but that is exactly you want it to saying. change a little bit as what well. I no, think... The word pain <laughs> does not sum up this correctly. I think yeah, you're using but the wrong word. Probably, but that's the, that's the best word I can think to explain it because... It doesn't what I'm I want to make clear it doesn't have to be a massive pain point. Like I've said, it can be something that's small, but that small thing is is might be small to someone else, but it's it's big to you, and it's something that's kind of been. What well, if it just way. comes a bit from greed and wanting more? There's no pain there. In what is context, it? though? I'm talking. I'm talking specifically in a fitness, improving your body, changing the way you look, and those kind of things. When it comes to more like money and stuff like that, it's a little bit different, isn't it? even with fitness you might have lost three stone but then you might be like actually I'm, I'm really happy with being a size 10 but what might I do I might just get stronger I'm happy with the way I am but I might decide I want to be a bit stronger or yeah but why would you decide you want to be stronger because you've got no other goals you want to give yourself a bit of purpose to I would somewhere. argue that you want to be a bit stronger because you've either seen someone else who's quite strong and that's giving you a little bit of motivation. Maybe I've just got no other fitness goals and I wanted to give myself Or you think I'm, I'm, I'm weaker than I would like to be. What if I'm already strong? You can always be stronger. That's my point. Yeah, but that's also my point because you can progress from wherever you're at to it improve have, one step forward. What I'm saying is, yeah, of course you can, but it doesn't have to be a pain point. I am not in pain thinking that I can't... I think maybe just the interpretation years. of what the word pain is, you think, it, I don't know. I don't think you have to be in pain to want to change. I think you can just have a desire. Well, like, we're not experts about this. Up. We're having a conversation. So let us know if you agree with what we're saying, if you agree with me, if you agree with Becky, or maybe something completely different. Um, this is just based on my experience of, of working with people and doing what I do. But You were clearly in pain, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So kind of a small pain. But, yeah, we'll, we'll move on from that anyway because I think... Um, 
we could talk about that for ages, but I will just finish by saying this actually, oh, and, this, and this kind of sums it up. So Jordan Peterson, who you might know who this is, he's kind of like a philosopher. Um, he said this, and it kind of sums sums the whole thing up. And he says like, telling people they're okay the way they are is not true for most people because although they're okay just perfect the way they are people can always progress and progressing and changing and developing in whatever not just fitness but anything is part of like human psychology we want to always progress and improve and grow in all areas of life would you not agree because if that comes from having a desire to do something not a pain point that's what i'm saying yeah, but I, I, I say I think it's a mix. I, I think it's a mix of both. I think it is a mix of both. Well, let's, leave it there, well, let's leave it there. Let's leave it there. But yeah, Do you know who that is? No. No. Yeah. Oh, she doesn't know anything, does she? Well, Jordan Do Peterson know? knows nothing, does he? No. I do agree with him. I think you always want to be better, but it doesn't have to come from. He was talking about like when you talk to kids and say you find the way you are. Well, that isn't actually true, is it? Because you can always be better and improve and, and learn new skills and. Don't get me started with kids. <laughs> or adults as well, not just kids. But yeah. I agree anyway. with kids, that's my job. So. Do you agree with that? Though? I think there's... Um, Do you think, you, if you say, would you say to a child, you find the way you are, you don't need to change? Well, no, no, you'd never say that because there's a massive concept around fixing growth mindsets and having a fixed mindset is you're really bad or you're really good or having a growth mindset is this is good, but to improve it next time, you could possibly... There's a really famous yeah, so video it's, it's about a child drawing a butterfly and every time he goes back, his classmates give him a bit of a critique and he says, oh, does this butterfly look like the picture that he's trying to draw? No, okay, why doesn't it? Because the wings are just one and the one that you're trying to draw is sort of two. And he goes, okay, so he goes away and he makes it into two. He says, that's it, still really good. Each time. Still really, really good. But coming back, it still doesn't look at the like the picture. Why? Because the wings aren't pointy, they're rounded, right? Okay, so it goes away and makes the pointy wings, not the rounded wings. And every time it gets better and better, but that's having a growth mindset, not a fixed one. Do you think that's something you're born with, what you learn? It's always something you learn. It's something okay. you in your environment. Your environment is massive to having a growth mindset. And in schools, there's a massive push for that. So you don't just say to kids, no, that's wrong, because... Well, how do they know how to get better? So instead of saying no, that's wrong, you would yeah, say it's not black okay, and white. Okay, so yeah, so you've done this bit really good, but actually, to improve next time, what we could probably do is a small, tiny step here, and that would make it better. Mm-hmm. And then next time, you do a small, tiny step. I think, I suppose you say, obviously, with kids as well, and adults, I suppose the same with me, with like coaching people, is how you deliver it. So saying no, well, this is good, what you've done so far, but we can do this to make it even yeah, better. Yeah, and I suppose you can relate a fixing a growth mindset massively to fitness in terms of some people might go away and have uh, cake. Cake's a big one today. <laughs> we'll talk about might that. Have a big piece of cake, okay, and think, oh my goodness, I've ruined my diet. That's it, it's over. Fixed mindset, ruined it completely, and then go on a massive binge. Whereas someone with a growth mindset might say, okay, so I've had this piece of cake. Probably not ideal because I've gone over my calories, but I can just scrap it and tomorrow draw a line, you know, eat nothing else or just have a bit of fruit for my snack. And then tomorrow I can look at going a bit under on my calories to try and pull it back a little bit. Yeah, I think that's a perfect explanation of, like you say, the this whole good or bad. And then we people do it in fitness and with the diets a lot, like good or bad is food, like 
a pizza is bad, an apple is good, and we separate into this black and white categories. We have like with fitness, you might go training seven days a week is good, and if I do any less than that, that's not good enough, so it's bad. And a lot of the time with me, with coaching people, is teaching them that actually the goal is progression. So when you are setting your New Year's goals and stuff, it's not about being perfect and being good because maybe from society and your previous experience has taught you that you're either in this category of good, bad, all or nothing, which is actually really damaging. And ironically, it doesn't get your progress because you think doing all of these things at once for a few weeks is going to get you really good results. But actually, you just quit on the process and don't do anything then for six months and then start again by doing all for two weeks and then nothing for three, a few months. It's a bit of a lie, isn't it, though, to make children especially because they grow into the adults that we live around now to make them believe that they're always going to be right and they're never going to be wrong or they're never going to need to improve on something they yeah do. and i do think if you we, i mean in the education system we've been working on fixing grief mindsets probably for the last 10 years really if not longer that's how long i've been in it and if you can encourage the children in our society to have a growth mindset they will grow up to be the adults in our society who will hopefully have a growth mindset and you know it has a knock-on effect doesn't it and a lot of that's through teaching them how to progress with things in the right and a positive way and to understand that you it's okay to be wrong and it's okay not to get it right first time that's what most that happens with most people but what's not okay is to give up and believe you're good or bad at something and that you can't improve it because you can always improve if you put your mind to it you know you might not be great at maths but you could get a tutor you could do extra homework, you could have extra lessons and then that would help you then level up and become better. Than I you. think the, I mean, the other problem I'm, I would say I'm not in the education system. I don't know if there's a better way to deal with this, but the problem is of having exams and tests, it's a pass or a fail, which is a bit black and white, isn't it? Yes. But which that's... plays into that fixed, you're either good or you're bad at this thing, you've got well, it right or you've got it wrong. No, you know because I mean? how many years worth of run-up do you have to these exams? And if you're not very good, the whole idea is throughout your whole school life, you have a growth mindset. It doesn't matter about... So how do you approach it, okay, then a student fails at an exam where most of the class You wouldn't look at you fail the exam. You'd look through your paper and say, right, actually, you've lost marks using algebraic equations. So what we're going to do is we're going to work on you getting better at algebraic equations, which means you're going to get an extra three marks in the test because you can do that now. So and then, then the, the extra three marks adds up to the marks that they've already got and then eventually equates to a pass. You don't look at it as a big pass or fail. When you've got a growth mindset, you look at no, it. No, but I think as a student, as a student, you do. But you don't, don't you? know. That's but, what so I'm I, saying. So I was a teacher, you battle This that. day and age, that's not what we teach the children. You teach the children to break it down. You've got all your marks on, I don't know, dividing fractions, but you haven't got any of your marks on mixed number to... So you work on improving the skills. So you would work on improving a small scale, which in turn would add up to extra few marks to make it better next time. You, It's all about chunking it off and giving people small goals, which is probably the same as in fitness. Instead yeah. of just saying, I want to lose three stone, right? you say all the time, what can you do to lose three stone? What can you start with first? Yeah, so exactly. In, in, that, in that similar context, so it, again, if you, you probably are setting New Year goals and you're well into January now, a lot of people have asked me about kind of the time frames and feeling like they're doing all this stuff and it's not really going anywhere or they don't know whether it's working and is it all worth it and you get kind of these questions. 
The big one is setting realistic expectations. So in fitness, everybody sells you the six-week plan, the eight-week plan that's going to you know, make you lose 10 stone in two weeks or whatever. Um, and actually, that's one of the few industries where no one kind of questions that as much. People do now because they're starting to know more, but it's very much sold at you and marketed at you for the purpose of fast, quick results. The reason why you want to buy that is because that's what you want and we all want that because we're impatient and we want results as fast as we can without doing that much work and just doing it as fast as we can. In the same way that you want to buy the six-week millionaire course because you won't get money as fast as you can and you don't want to do the five, ten years of work to, to get to that level, which most people who earn that amount of money do. But um, weight loss and fitness is the same. So the way you can kind of battle that and stop the kind of questions and manage those expectations is setting realistic ones. So, for example, if you if your goal is to lose five stone and that seems a massive mountain to climb, we need to break that down into sections. So if your goal is to lose five stone, then first we need to just lose a kilo and then another kilo. And then we need to or give a pound it, if we're or a pound, stone. yeah, or a pound, however you <laughs> work. Let's work in stone and pounds or kilos. So a kilo is about two. It's two point two pounds, so it might be two pounds. And then you may, then you would separate that into a time frame. So you would go, I want to lose a kilo in, you know, a week or two weeks or a month, whatever it is, depending on your starting point and what you are doing. Um, and then you are setting realistic targets towards that end goal the problem is what people do is they go i need to lose five stones i'm going to start eating better i'm going to start going to the gym i'm going to start doing this being more active but in their mind they want to do this for two three four weeks and lose that five stone and that's not realistic so when you get to that four weeks even though you've lost some and maybe you've lost i don't know half a stone or whatever you're still disappointed not good enough and you've actually done really well but you're not being realistic with the time frame and the expectation of how long that those results take. I think maybe in like 10, 15 years time when the, the children of our society start turning into adults, this will be a bit less of a problem. No, I think I think I think it'd be worse because what we have now is more education and more information out there, especially around fitness and nutrition. There's there's more Should that not make it better, not worse? Well it should but the the issue is what people have is not not that the information is there it's the implementation of that information so this is what i'm saying about implementing growth mindsets from young children in school it's almost a psychology a psychology issue than it is an information yeah. issue it's a mindset thing i mean children... definitely there's some people that need the more education around food perhaps they've been doing like crash diets and they haven't got a good relationship with food and things like that and that needs rebuilding through education. That's coming through the education system, but, though, isn't it? But I think this problem here, when we're talking about setting realistic expectations and then feeling like you're not getting anywhere or beating yourself up, is mainly comparing yourself to other people, where it's on Instagram or whatever it is. And the other one is it's patience. The big one is patience. Everybody wants the magic pill to fat loss, but actually the magic pill to fat loss or getting results is patience. And when you realise that and you start focusing on the process in the sense that like what are the outcomes that I need to do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis that I can maintain realistically, then in six months time you will get the results in 12 months time. But there is no really end line because you've got to be doing stuff that you can still maintain. So I say to people all the time is like, if you can't see yourself doing it in six months, it's a bad idea. Go back to the drawing board and look at like, can I see myself doing this in six months? If the answer is yes, 
then you're not only going to be getting the results from it, you're going to be maintaining and continuing to get results from that thing. It's not just a, we need to get out of this thing, of do this four-week thing or this six-week thing and then go back to normal. Because if you go back to normal and do the habits what you've always done, you're going to get what you've always got. It's just going to revert. This is why people... I had a message the other day. You're rambling a bit now. I had, well, I had a message the other day. A woman commented, um, I think it was on the TikTok video, saying, I lost three, I lost, sorry, I lost one and a half stone in two months to go on holiday. I went on holiday and I put three stone back on. And I don't know, I don't know the context. That's all I know about this woman. We didn't have a massive conversation about it, but my guess would be she's done very unrealistic, restrictive things to lose this weight quickly to go on holiday. She's gone on holiday, enjoyed herself, and as soon as she's come back, she's just reverted to what she was doing before, and probably more because she's been so restrictive. She's missed out on all these things, so she's overindulged and continued to do that. And then there's a negative relationship with doing what she did because it's so restrictive. I don't want to do that again. It was torturous so, and restrictive. moving this on, because you've been rambling for ages now, <laughs> is that an environment thing? So she went on holiday at home. She could control the environment. And she knew what she could eat. She knew what she had in the house. Then all of a sudden, she went on holiday. There was food Yeah, but I think, I think she, she lost weight. I don't think the holiday itself was the problem. I, I mean, again, I don't know this situation, but based on what I know, well, I think a lot she's of probably put on a bit of weight from will holiday. relate to that. So when you're at home, a lot of people, if they want to lose weight or be healthier, they buy in healthy food, so they've got healthy choices. And they might have some treats, but they won't have loads of treats. So if they're feeling weak, they can't binge on anything. When you go on holiday and you've got an all-inclusive buffet, there is everything you can eat. And there is no limit on it. So it's not like I've only got two chicken breasts in, we'll have one each. There's 50 chicken breasts on holiday. Yeah, so, so obviously environment's a big thing. But what I would say is that, the, again, I'm talking about the mindset of like, the, the problem isn't for people when they go on holiday for one week a year or they have one bad day in the space of a couple of weeks or a month or they have a couple of bad days. The problem is people's consistent daily habits and the problem doesn't come from when you have that overindulge, maybe you eat, overeat, or you go out and eat, and eat loads of stuff, and you know you go off plan, whatever that may be. The problem doesn't come from that one day or that couple of days. The problem comes from the spiral effect of that one day, you beating yourself up, quitting on the process, and that one day turning into two months of just doing whatever you want and not focusing on your habits to, to do healthier ones, basically. Does okay. that, that make sense? So channeling this on or else would go on forever <laughs> wouldn't you um an article around about the other day when we went out i saw it on instagram and i've just got up now i'll read is this it the cake one well if you shut up and let me talk you you might find out mightn't you yeah, he sure. just he just wants his voice to be heard have you noticed you've been rambling for about 10 minutes now i like so, so i've cut in about because stuff. you might be getting sleep at this point should we start bringing cake to the office the chairwoman of the food standards agency has compared office cake culture to passive smoking. She said that while we all have free will, we underestimate the impact of our environment. She said, if nobody bought cakes into the office, I would not eat cake in the day, but because people do bring cakes in, I eat them. So what are you, what's... Wow. What's you, what do you think about that before I say anything, actually? Well... I'm pretty strong-willed. If I want cake, I'll eat cake. And if I don't want cake, I won't eat cake. So it's not a problem for me. But I know it is problems for the people. I think and also got... you work in an office... You, sorry, no, you work in an office-based environment. I don't... Well, I do, but 
my colleagues. Well, I don't work me. in an office based environment, but I have a staff room. Yeah, you have a staff yeah. room, is what I'm saying. I don't like me as like my dinner is me looking at the laptop and seeing my own reflection and crying. Joyous. <laughs> no, I don't have a massive. I don't have colleagues as such. I don't have staff. I have my clients. So where I work, we, you have a staff um, room, don't you? we have a staff room and we have a treat, treat Friday. And I've been there, this is my 11th year now, for 11 years. Every Friday, someone different on the staffing board brings in treats. And it has happened for longer than I've been there. So gosh, knows how long. So every Friday, <clears throat> you choose, there's a good analyst, there's like a staff listening. And it's your turn and you can bring in what you want, but it's Treat Friday. Some people get really knocked when people bring just fruit in because they're like, well, that's not a treat. Where's Treat Friday? <laughs> Most people get down the middle and please everybody and do a little bit of fruit yeah. and then some treats as well. Um, and then other people just think, Saudi eats Treat Friday, full on cake buffet. Now... I love fruit. I absolutely love fruit, and I love and I will when there's cake out. I will choose to eat fruit as well because I do love it. But I will always have a bit of cake as well, and I'm not. Yeah, but I would. I, yeah, yeah, it's different because you're in a different place and you are. No, so are you educated saying, around food. You've got a good so relationship with food. So are you saying food. it's the environment, or are you saying it's down to the individual's relationship with food? Because for me, so cake do you in an think it affects you whether someone brings cakes in or not? Basically, no, because is what I'm I know if I eat a cake at break time, if I eat three cakes at break time, when I go home later, I'm probably just gonna not have some cake, or I'm probably just gonna have a piece of fruit instead. And that comes from having a good habits and good relationships with food as well. Like I I'm just okay said. to have cake at break time. I just won't have it at night. I think, the, I mean, I spoke about this morning, this this morning on my Instagram, but the main thing is to remember is that is complete bollocks, the idea that Whoa. you say to people. Stop swearing. Why? <laughs> Sorry, Mum. Yeah, it's complete bollocks, the idea, that, the idea that you... Um, can't bring certain foods into work in fear that it will affect other people. So what that's doing is, again, putting people in this mindset is that, you know, your your size and your weight and your health, for the most part, in terms of your weight specifically, is your responsibility. Um, that doesn't mean that it's, it's, it's easy or it's, you know, it's an easy process, but you have to take responsibility for your own habits, your own actions, and the way, you know, the size that you are and the way that you are. Um, well, for example, you might know I bake cakes and sometimes if we have like a special occasion, I'll bring them into the gym, won't I? And it does cause a bit of a stir sometimes. It's, it's quite funny to see how people react. So, I think less so now because um, people are starting to learn the idea that we are... Yeah, but you... So you'll get like We're three, not anti-cake and we do have You'll get three types of people, we, right? Which one are you? If We're inclusive of all foods. So I'll bring cakes in, let's say, what it was for the birthday, wasn't it? So the um, two-year anniversary of the gym, I'd, I'd made some cakes. And you'll get some people who'll be like, oh, I'm not touching them. I can't touch cakes. If I touch cakes, oh, that'll be it then. I want to eat loads later. So I'm just not having a cake. So that's the first person you get. Then you get... Yeah, it depends. On, yeah, that, and that's fine then, as well. Yeah, that is yeah. okay to be like That's not wrong. Then you get the, oh, thank you. Well, I'll have this cake. Um, I'll have it for my treat tonight. And then you'll get, oh, can I take two? I want one for me and my husband. And all of those are totally fine. But I do, it makes me laugh when I'm giving them out because you get all these different attitudes around the cakes being in the gym. Like some people will come over and be like, 
I've ate that now. I've just done the class. I've ate your cake. I'm going to really enjoy it. And I'm going to go home and have that with a cup of tea. And you also get people who will say, oh, do you know what? Um, Because they always ask me what calories in the cakes are. So do my best. Don't have to tell them. And they'll say, okay, so 360 calories is a bit much for me today. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the cake. I'm going to have half of it and give my husband the other half. So I can still have a bit of cake. But... I don't have it all. And it depends if they actually like cake. Most people do, not everybody. I'm not a massive fan, personally. I do, Ironically, I do eat neither it. am I. Yeah, and you make loads, don't you? But I think, again, going back to the, the article and the point is that, you know, you, your health and weight is your responsibility. The moment you start, the environment that you are in around food and your work and at home, of course, that influences what you eat. You know, your environment does matter in the same way that you put an alcoholic in a pub, he's going to be highly influenced by being in that pub environment. It's going to be very hard so not to I drink. So should I bring cakes into the gym? <coughs> but in that... <coughs> yeah, I'm dying. Who the air's dead driving me? It's making me cough. In that situation, it's not the pub's fault because the alcoholic has put himself in that environment. So we can't yes, say there shouldn't the be pubs. The article is saying that staff rooms don't have... It's not like a pub that sells alcohol. Staff rooms yeah, don't have cakes and then someone brings it have lots in. Of you can't start put, putting the responsibility sudden. of your health and weight on other people's choices and what they choose to bring in. You're responsible for your own individual choices and habits. And that is the hardest part, I suppose, of losing weight and, ma- and creating good habits is you know making good, healthy, conscious choices in different situations. The moment you start passing responsibility that it's everybody else's fault, this person because they work, brought food into work... This situation happened to me today. You're giving away power because it's empowering to go, I'm responsible for my choices and if I want to, I will make them well, a change in habits. Book, and that's aren't you? You're not ready to accept that well, you've got a fixed mindset, let's say. You're not willing to accept that it's you yeah. that is the problem. It's not the person who's bought the cakes out of the kindness of the heart because they spent hours baking them last night to try and cheer people up on a you know rainy friday it's your problem you can't control yourself and you can't control or have a good relationship with food and say okay so i might have that cake but i'll cut back later when i was going to have me i don't know rice pudding that's 400 calories i'm not going to have that now i'll have it tomorrow because i've had a cake today and obviously it depends on the person and the situation the context and everything but you can't start passing the book and blaming colleagues at work for bringing cake in for the reason that you are overweight you know what you can always not have the cake that's you can always not to. I'm not saying it's not hard in that environment because it is. If you're on a diet and you're trying to make healthy conscious, conscious choices, then there's cake in front of you all the time. Of course, it's going to be harder, but you've still got to take responsibility for yourself. And, and making the changes of any kind requires you to go, we... This is my responsibility. This is what I'm doing that is causing this. And this is what I need to change. To, we have duties at school. This. So we um, might be on duty at break time. And Friday break time is when we have treats. And one of our teachers was getting married. And she went up to the SLT and went, right, can I have a duty on a Friday break time? Because I know there's going to be treats in the staff room. I know I like them. So I want to be on duty. So I can't have any of them treats on a Friday break. So she's taking control of her environment. She knows... Or not putting herself in that environment to the best. Yeah, she knows she might give in if she's having... It's been a long week. She's tired. She might have, I don't know, less willpower or less control. And she might have more than she wants to. So she was just like, please put me on duty. And then... You know, if there's something left when she goes in at lunch, she might have a little bit, but there's not this whole buffet of stuff that she can work her way through. And I thought that was quite interesting. I think the the way I summed it up on Instagram this morning, just to sum the whole debate up, is the Spider-Man quote, with great power comes great responsibility. And the power is 
you being conscious and knowing that you can make any choices that can change anything at any time, especially when it comes to your weight. The responsibility is knowing that those choices are on you and not on anybody mm -hmm. else. And that kind of sums the whole thing up. We can't start putting the power in other people because then we give away responsibility. And as soon as we do that, then we have no responsibility to make well, your the changes. Your fate's out of your hands in that sense, isn't it? You're relying on other people to remain so, strong. When in doubt, for you to have good results. Get a Spider-Man quote out. I love Spider-Man. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that sums it up. Let us know if you disagree with that. Most, you know, most people do agree with what we were kind of saying. But if you don't, if you don't agree, let us know. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we've got growth mindsets. We're not always right. I think everyone has different opinions, but for the <laughs> yeah. main. Of it. And again, I'm, I, I like I'm, it when people bring cake in. So if you work with me, bring cake in. Because <laughs> you're like, okay, but you said you don't like cake that much. Yeah, but they bring like tiffin and yeah, no, biscuits and shortbread. And I just love all those things. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think that kind of sums it up. Um, I just want to say the main thing, again, that people are asking us to talk about was patience. And I've gone over that a little bit. You but went think, over that too much. Why are you getting over it more? No, well, I just want to remind people that, you know, whatever you're doing right now and the, your fitness journey, your weight loss journey, whatever that is, you need to take responsibility for the fact that it's your choices and, you know, it's going to take time. And if you set those realistic expectations, you know, the process is going to be a lot easier. So rather than thinking about get to this finish line and get this think about what are the you know the daily outcomes you can do i think and stick responsibility to those. links really nice with patience doesn't it i think you have to it's a perfect example really because i suppose if you take responsibility for your actions and then you're patient i think people struggle with patience because again i don't want to keep going over this but the industry pushes quick fixes quick fad diets quick do this in six weeks and you'll lose 10 stone you know, you, these have been shoved down your throat. So your expectation is these fitness people are telling you that that is how you can do it and that is how you should do it or, you know, it's possible. Um, so it's feeding into the, well, I don't need changing my lifestyle and do all these things over six, 12 months and, you know, change these habits. I can just eat this for six weeks and lose weight. Well, you can, but then, you know, it's not going to last very long if you hate it. Um, so, yeah. I think we always find, don't we, it's more of a, mostly a psychological thing with food it's your mindset around it and if you can crack that and you can have a growth mindset and you can get a good relationship with food in your head the rest kind of follows really mm -hmm. and that takes time obviously again yeah grow again a good relationship with food doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't happen over four to six weeks and you're trying time. to undo like let's say you're 40 you're trying to undo 40 years of a poor relationship with food in two three months Unless... and it's not going to happen you know you might be the house that you've grown up in you know, your parents might have a poor relationship with food and have always yo-yo-yo-yoed yo -yoed in the weight or yo-yo dieted. And that's what you've seen growing up. And that is almost built into what you do all the time because that's the environment that you grew up in. So that takes a lot to change that kind yeah, of Yeah, there's, there's lots of factors, but environment, upbringing. Again, taking responsibility, knowing that you can change and that you are now in charge of you know, your actions and the way you look at food and making those small changes over time can lead to... Um, big changes overall. And yeah, it starts with responsibility. And again, what you're just saying is like, if you've piled five stone on over the last five years, let's say, you can't expect to lose that five stone in the next six months. Because when we look back in time, that has slowly, slowly, slowly increased. And you want to lose that in six weeks. 
Always takes longer to lose it than it does put it well, on. Yeah, and it's obviously the process in reverse takes time. So don't be unrealistic in thinking that you can do you can lose a lot of weight in a short period of time, but doing so has a cost, and that cost is usually having starving yourself, having no pleasure, and being miserable. Talking of and that isn't a long term fix. And I need a wee as well, so I'm we're gonna crazy. we're gonna wrap it up here as well. But hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that helps. Let us know if you are still listening, if anyone is listening or watching. Let us know. It's always nice to hear comments and, you know, not just to make our Zs really big, but just to know that people are listening and, you know, you either enjoy it, you find it entertaining, you find it helpful. And the more we know that, the more, you know, podcasts and... Or not. Let us know. Yeah, or let us know if you don't like it. You think, this is shit, you're wasting your time. Stop doing it. Let us know what you think. And it, but if, if you do like it, we'll, well try and keep it coming. Well, if you any if you want us to talk about something else, I, I know it's only our opinion and we're not always right. Um, but you know, it's good to talk. Hopefully, some of the stuff uh, okay. we talk about gets you thinking about stuff at the bare minimum, and it can give you some tips as well. I like talking, but you don't really give me much chance, do you? No, I like butting. Like like uh, talking, don't I? sound your own voice. But yeah, uh, let us know if you did like it. Share it with a friend as well. Subscribe uh, if you're not already, um, and send us messages telling you telling us what you'd like us to talk about or what are you struggling with when it comes to weight loss and in your fitness journey and we can make sure we include them in the episode so you gain as much value out of it as you possibly can um and we can help you on your journey as much as we can so yeah and we're going to sum up because i think we, we've set a new finisher um for the podcast and we're going to we're going to just do like a would you rather at the end just for a little bit of fun and just so you can get to know me and becky a little bit well, better then. for those of you who don't so i actually don't know what we're going to take it in turn so this this week is going to be my turn. Next week, you've got to think of one, and then we'll just alternate each week. I already have uh, 50 million. Go on. <laughs> you've got to think of a good one. So, mine this week is Would you rather. It worries me when it starts with this. I'm trying to keep it PG as well. Mm. I try and keep it PG for him, but he always goes off on me. Would you rather smell of BO? Oh, that's but... disgusting. Let me finish. <laughs> Would you rather smell of BO but not know about it? Or everybody else you meet smells of BO. I'm, and you have to explain the reasoning why. I'm not good with smells, in case you don't know. I'm really weak stomach, don't I? Even, like, the slightest good smell, I can smell it. And the slightest bad smell, I can smell it. And bad smells, you tell me off, don't you? Because I'm always like, Hit. he's like, stop eating, you're being so dramatic. But it turns my stomach really bad. So um, anyway... I think I'd rather I don't I don't smell of you and I don't want to so I'd rather everyone else <laughs> well that's the just, idea of would you rather you don't want yeah, anything I'd rather everyone you. else smell of it and I'd just keep awake <laughs> I suppose yeah it's like we're either being selfish or selfless in it the selfish one yeah but I like can control being close people. to other people that, that's something I can control I could control how close I get to people I can control whether I get close enough to smell it Whereas... I think I would I say the think same. I, I wouldn't put that on other people. Like, also, that's... No, but the, the thing is, you would stink but not know about yeah, it because if you did, you would obviously... Other people would know about it. So, I don't so really anyone you go near would be people. like, he's Pongy Becky or something. Yeah. <laughs> B.O. Becky. Sweaty Becky. No, B.O. Becky. That's the best one. Yeah, Becky. So you'd rather everyone else stink and you just stay away yeah, from I them. Yeah, I would. I mean... <laughs> I think I'd stay away from people in the best I think I would... I agree with that. I think that's the, the best option. I don't I mean, see lots of people. It might be different, here. but um, 
I just can't be doing this well. It's made me really funny. The, the, I damp towels as well and stuff when you the thing is the though, machine too long. Wait. If you didn't smell, if you didn't know your stunk could be ill and what everybody else did, because you were just maybe immune or you didn't have any smell, let's say, you'd just go up to people and be like, hey, off, and that way. Yeah, you're making me feel sick. Well, you wouldn't know that they're like, oh, God. <laughs> Do you know you'd what I mean? You probably face. know people like this as well. Like, you'd maybe see in school, I remember that. Like, uh, you can't not see it on like my face. When everyone's like a sweaty teenager, there was always oh. someone like, who had a bit of a beer. We always talk about this because I actually don't ever smell a beer, do I? I think. I've got really lucky genes, and I. I'm you don't actually dad. really sweat, do you? Like I'm... I don't sweat and I don't smell. Like I go to the gym all the time, and I just I don't sweat. Women, I don't what smell. is it that women say? We 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 don't sweat. We perspire. <laughs> I just don't even. Do I don't think that's true. I've met some girls that do. Sweat yeah, they a lot. do. People do, but I'm... and but I've also met some men that don't really sweat. I think it's to do with your pores. Yeah, and it's my dad's like that, like that, isn't he? I think that's who I. I sweat loads. Like I only get get. But you also have a fifty showers a day. Yeah, but I have, you know, I don't have 50. I have about two, yes, two minimum, three. three maximum, between two and three a day. Um, but, yeah, so yeah. I'm all right because I don't smell luckily because if I did, I'd have like four or five showers a day because the smell makes me feel sick. So but, you don't sweat, so she only has one shower every two weeks? Yeah, I save on water. Because <laughs> it sounds hard. But yeah, no, we're going to leave it there. So yeah, thanks for listening. Um, yeah, and we'll see you next time. See you next